0: Looking near, looking all, relaxed. all right.
1: oh, Well, we You're can out. introduce it by the fact that you've had a bit of a, an incident.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true, mate, to be fair, that's true. Well, we're live and the red light's rolling, mate. Look at this, look at this. I've picked up these brand new flagship baseball caps with a 3D logo. I think they're dead smart, mate. Wouldn't do that look
1: cool, eh? I love that, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, love, love that. It, mate.
0: And look, look what else I've got.
1: Crutches. Wow.
0: No, man. <laughs> I, feel, I feel a bit like I feel a bit like Andy off Little Britain. I know Little Britain's not particularly politically yeah, correct anymore.
1: Oh, that one! Well, that one. So, oh, I mean, one. That, that's actually uh, not a bad um, introduction, really, to this week, is it, Pete? Because um, we're talking about continu- we're going to talk about contingency planning, and it's yeah, um, not just a fashion statement. That crutch, is it? You had a bit of a you had a bit of a to do in the week, didn't you, Pete? I did, mate.
0: Yeah, I did. The nurse, the nurse, I went to a and E. I I went to A&E to get a scan because that's the only way you can get a scan these days. I didn't really oh. feel that it was an emergency. So I did feel a bit of a fraud going in. But the, the nurse said to me, she goes, what are you doing still
1: playing football? <laughs> <But> <laughs> it like you football. Right? You're a healthy <laughs> Yeah, that was my first thoughts. when. Uh, what are um... you
0: doing playing football, she goes. And I'm like, do you know what? I, I I love football. I absolutely love it. I enjoy playing it. But maybe it's time for me to start my goalkeeping career. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe I had, maybe I should had... become a goalkeeper.
1: Yes, uh, I I, um, I I used to yearn to be uh, in between. this. I was actually not a bad goalkeeper when I had a go at it, yeah. to be fair. But uh, um we, we first Sorry. thought when you'd done that you'd been tackled by a nine-year-old, but that's apparently not true. That's just a, a vicious <laughs> rumour being spread about. I'll be honest I, 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 I
0: broke my foot uh uh when I was but a lad probably about 20 years ago quite badly and uh a lot of the bone sort of like shattered in my foot and there's um and I've always had some ankle problems to sort of team with that and the, this break up near the ankle as well was no good and uh I'd got some sort of shards of bone that hadn't really properly healed anyway yeah so an incident on Tuesday has disrupted it a little bit and uh yeah, caused a bit of ligament Thanks. damage, and uh, yeah, it's all it's all gravy, right? So hopefully, a couple of weeks, couple of couple of days on the crutches, and I'll be all right again. But I went swimming yeah. today. Went swimming today. Oh, no, that's time. all right. Yeah, that's nice. I'm, I'm Maggie, Maggie will tell you, I can't, I can't not do stuff. I'm a little bit of a.
1: Yeah, you can't sit still. Yeah,
0: no, no, I'm a bit geared up, mate. I've always got to do stuff. So, uh, yeah, but no, all good, all good. Anyway, you might say, do, you've been doing the directors' OLAP today. Tell me yes, about that.
1: Yes, it does. Yes, uh, um, a, a, a course. I love this. It is a great course to deliver. It's the directors' Olat, and um, what what that means is operator license awareness training. I think we all know in the industry we use the term OLAP to describe something that uh, that sort of you know goes through with senior managers. Um, I'm doing one tomorrow. Um, you know uh, about their responsibilities towards the operator's license. Well, a directors' Olat is really good fun because you do it from a higher level. So you look, you're sort of saying to the directors, "Well, look, you know, you don't need to be doing these things on a day-to-day basis, but you need to, you need to know what your transport managers are doing." I feel like a bit like a game. Is it? Uh, poacher turned turn game that's the right way around you know telling sort of directors this is what you should be looking for um but um did it did it with a, 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 one of our customers today uh hopefully it went very well hopefully they've they've taken some out of it but i think it's a real you know without getting too pluggy i think it's a really valuable uh it's a half day course that we do and i think it's a really valuable one for anybody who's a director of a business or uh, maybe senior management and or, you know, what have you, but uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Great. Brilliant. Brilliant. Great. Fantastic. Okay. So what are we talking about today, mate? What are we are talking so about? Yeah, kind planning. of your, your foot incident segues nicely into, into our um, podcast for today, which is contingency planning for operators because you never know what's around the corner. Do you, you never know when mm. it's going to happen. Um, myself and Pete went to... Where did we go to? Where did we go in the week? We went somewhere. been, not, been on jollies this week as well, haven't we? What, we what was did it?
0: go on a jolly this week, mate. We went on a nice old jolly to uh, Freight People, which was organised by Leslie O'Brien from uh, Freight Train and Freight Link Europe, I think her businesses are called. Yeah, good Leslie O'Brien, OBE. Yeah, she was... Uh, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Over was held over at Tesco Daventry, wasn't it? Which was, uh, which was interesting, near Durft.
1: Yep. Yeah, very good. You, 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 you chauffeured me, didn't you? I did indeed. Because after, uh, yeah, no, that was before the leg, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, that was it was that evening. Leg. It was that evening that I hurt myself. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, we caught up, caught up with old industry friends. We caught up with Karen from Convey and James Adcroft. What a gent he is. He is um,
1: indeed. Yeah. Yeah what, yeah. what a
0: top chap. So uh,
1: yeah, it was uh, it was a good event, wasn't it? It was interesting because they were talking about security, weren't they? they were security. About- yeah, yeah. And I think we can we can touch on that today. Um, with security, with, you know, in terms of um, the risks that fleet. Uh, interesting. One thing I definitely took away from that was uh, we talked about uh, we, had to, we had a couple of presentations from some police officers. And um, they talked about the, 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 the if, if something happens with a heavy goods vehicle, like a theft of or a theft from a heavy goods vehicle, they treat it exactly the same way as a theft from a car if somebody broke into your car and nicked, nicked your um, Duran Duran cassettes um you yeah look at Google it later Pete um, <laughs> it reminded
0: me actually as a lad I had a big subwoofer in my boot of my Mark 3 Volkswagen Golf which was the third, uh, second car I owned and um yeah that got stolen it got broken yeah, into i had a 12 disc changer oh, that got yeah, that's yeah. that
1: is yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. And, and and that's how the police treat it they treat a crime from a heavy goods vehicle in exactly the same way as it's theft from a motor vehicle so therefore the tariffs are in terms of punishment if if somebody if the miscreants do get caught the punishment's very low so it's a low yeah. risk crime for for the uh for, for the baddies um and that's why you know that they, they, they do it and it is quite prevalent and and we learn about something called a jump up and I don't know if you're aware of jump ups Pete but they jump onto the back of the, they, they jump onto the back of a moving goods vehicle open the backer open the rear doors especially if they're slide you know slide up doors and nick stuff you know and and this is apparently part of organized crime gangs and stuff so yeah it was a good, oh, yeah. great we got some some good stuff so we, we talk about and security can come into what we're going to be talking about today but what i wanted to explore was um it's a bit doomy and gloomy when you read the news at the moment listen to the news we're talking they're talking about power cuts being a reality um you know through this winter now, it might just be the government trying to prepare us for the worst and it not happening we all feel a lot better for it but what would you do as an operator, as a heavy goods vehicle operator, if you had no power? Uh, if you had to... Uh, now, I'm a child of the 70s. And when I was growing up in the 70s, um, we had a three-day week. Uh, and a three-day week was caused by power stations not being able to supply power because the coal miners were on strike and they couldn't supply the coal into the power stations. So I remember, but in back in those days, of course, it didn't make a lot of difference, but you can you imagine a scenario now where you haven't got any power, any electricity? What do you reckon? What 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 sort of things do you think a, a, an operator Pete would have trouble with if they didn't have power? Right Jeez, but, so like
0: I just started to try and comprehend what the impact would look like, but it's um I, I was I was just busy i was busy thinking about how funny it'd be if Harry edited the podcast. And, like, he stopped you just as you are about to say power. And literally, there was just, like, a white noise in the background for the podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, we just had a power cut. But anyway, I'll, my warmth sense of humor aside, what would happen if an operator's lights went out and they lost power? It's just nuts to think about it, isn't it? So mm-hmm. they, need to, they need to think about, uh, like, data backup is a starting yeah. point. Data backup is really, really important, and it the IT security um, and, and and their data there. I think they need to think about the security of their premises. Yeah, as, a, as another as a, a, another thing. Um, but operationally, it kind of just blows my mind what would happen if everything just grinded to a hole. Um, Mobile, phone,
1: you'd have no phone system because phones, landlines are all powered these days by. By you know that they're, they're the switchboards and what have you. So there's no. It yeah. might be worthwhile operators keeping an old analog phone somewhere that they can plug into the system. The old analog yeah. phones, interestingly, you know the old Daver, they didn't use electricity. The electricity came down through the telephone wires, so they didn't need power. But yeah. all the modern phones need power, don't they? You have to plug a yeah. phone. In. Yeah, no,
0: exactly. So like mobile phones will be going dead. They're going um, dead. Up. Wi-Fi Wi-Fi won't be working. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know there's only so long the little amazon um battery boxes all uh, <laughs> add a bit of charge to you and and, a bit of juice and, to it add, so i think like literally literally it blows my brains the whole the whole the whole world's gonna like it feels like the apocalyptic is basically what i'm thinking you know i can't really think much further ahead than just literally apocalyptic hi it's pete from flagship partners we're really proud to sponsor the fleet geeks podcast Flagship partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today.
1: I'm going to make some presumptions here. I'm going to presume the government would Or the powers that be would give us some warning, give us some notice. I'm going to also presume that they would they would prioritize businesses to stay open because that's what pays Mm -hmm. the country's wages, isn't it? So, you know, we're looking at worst case scenario here. But I'll tell you what got me thinking about this as well. And I'm, I'm probably going back here 15 years, but. To a time where we still had a lot of computerized stuff. We had transport management systems, we had emails, believe it or not, back in those days. Um, we had, um, and the biggest one for us, I'll come, I'll, Come to that in a minute when I'll tell you the story. But um the biggest one for us was the fuel pumps. We couldn't get any fuel out of the fuel pumps because obviously the fuel pumps were all electric. We had on we had on site fuel. What what it was, the story was the company I used to work for, an operator I used to work for, mid-sized, you know, 106 odd vehicles, um, warehousing and all the rest of it. And what it was, we were a bit remote where we were, uh big operating centre, but it was a little bit remote. And um they were doing some road works on the on the only sort of road in. And uh, some, somebody went through a mains cable with uh, a digger and <laughs> and that was it and we were plunged into darkness and it was three days before they restored the power. Wow. Now the first the first thing that um, the first thing that the the owners of the business did after that was invest in a generator. <laughs> and uh, and get that up and running and plugged in but even that leads to problems when the generator cuts in you know is the generator definitely going to work so continue, there's a lot to think about in there Pete As you say mind blown
0: yeah oh, absolutely absolutely blows my mind to be fair and um, you know I just you know, even down to like you just won't be able to work will you and no. I guess I guess businesses will continue you know even though they can't provide work a lot of their employed people, they've still got to find the wages and yeah. still, got to, you know, they're still got to try and crack on as best they can. Um, I, I find it. No, don't get me wrong. You know, we probably couldn't have perceived or conceived that the pandemic would happen, could we? No. So, and I think, I think obviously the pandemic has increased our resilience to an extent about whether we need to work, whether we can work from home and those kinds of things. But the thought of losing utility such as power is just absolutely, you know, it's just, just that, taken yeah. for granted, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, back in for the
1: seventies, it wouldn't have been. It wasn't a great big deal. Okay, we couldn't watch the telly for a bit, and we had to have candles. And I remember Mum getting one of those Primus stoves out and cooking some soup. But it, you know, back now, it would be horrific wouldn't it but um yeah i guess the vehicles
0: are still going to be able to operate aren't they you know the vehicles yeah. themselves are still going to be able to operate but it's about being able to all service your customers and, yeah, yeah and organize, yeah. organize manage and service customers isn't it yeah. it's so going to be, be the challenge
1: the, the challenge is and the challenge we'll probably put out to the operators to, to you to you dear listeners is is you know consider what is your minimum level of service that you could provide with with no electricity what would be your minimum sort of thing that you could do for your customers, and, and and I guess really work work around that. You know, if the worst came to the worst, what is it you could possibly do as a minimum to keep your customers moving and to keep your lorries moving and to keep your money coming in? Um, so that's probably worth considering, isn't it? That's the. Move, moving on, then. So just aside to that, one of the other things that uh, we 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 listened to um, to a good presentation from. Um, a, a, quite a well-known sort of solicitor in the in the transport world and she she brought it kind of brought something back to me as well in terms of um what would you do as an operator if the worst should happen this is a very depressing episode this isn't it what yeah, would you man, do right? <laughs> in terms of your business in terms of receiving news that one of your vehicles had just received a pg-9 prohibition at the side of the road um, one of your vehicles have been involved in a, a serious road traffic collision, or one of your drivers has hit a bridge. You know these catastrophic catastrophic events that occur mm-hmm. from time to time. You know what what is your planning? That's that's I think, and that was a really good challenge, was not it, Pete? That we we heard about. What would you well, suggest yeah. operators think? You know, think about when it's uh, when it's when it comes time for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, you know most operators should have thought about a bridge stripe policy or procedure of some description um, that will include. Uh, a process that's followed in the event that it occurs, likewise preventative measures, and I think most people will think about preventative measures around training and route planning and. Um, the things that they can do to avoid because essentially you know these things are avoidable. However, however, when you listen to Rick Wenham, um, who, who heads up the um, the Met Commercial Vehicle Unit, he clearly stated that um, you know there was a bridge strike in London where they'd resurfaced the road, so yeah. the so the you know the the height they'd not changed the height on the bridge, and the height on the bridge was less. Uh, so yeah. it was yeah. less than what the you know so He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah the drive yeah the driver was within his rights to go through and would have gone through under normal conditions yeah. because his cab and vehicle was under you know under the height of the bridge so there wouldn't have been an issue but obviously it had been resurfaced and therefore there wasn't uh the advertised uh high yeah. capacity um so there's a little bit of false advertising there uh we'll come to that another day um but um uh, yeah. No, and, and, and the drivers hit it nonetheless. So obviously that's that's going to have a real impact, depending on the size of the operation. You know that's going to have a real impact on the business. If, uh, if particularly the smaller the number of, the number of vehicles, that's a bigger percentage impact on on their business for each asset that's out of use for that period of time. Um, but certainly I think operators really need to think about. How what is the plan in that event, how do they speak to the driver, how are they going to, you know, knowing in advance that they're going to need to get tachograph data from it, they're going to need to get. Um, the information they need from the vehicle before it goes and gets recovered um, and goes in for repair, because one of the one of the issues now is, you know, vehicles that are involved with with those kinds of incidents. Um, you know, we've got issues with backorder parts, we've got workshops that are absolutely yeah. stacked to the gunnels they can't get staff. Um, you know, these things become a big, big problem. And actually, how are you going to continue to operate? Where are you going to get the vehicle from to replace that? Or are you going to be able to to cope um, with your existing fleet and your existing fleet of drivers? What is that driver going to do? Um, you know, and how are you going to manage that situation? And who who speaks to the traffic commissioner and when and who carries out the incident Absolutely. investigation? And, um, you know, how how are we going to get someone there? That, you know there's there's a lot to think about you know, people think, think
1: this industry is just pointing the lorry in one direction and hoping it gets there and it but there's so much more to it you're absolutely mm. right you know what and, and so one of the other interesting points that the, the the this 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 presenter made was that um you know in terms of today's world with um social media uh how do you control the flow of information now you know not not trying to cover anything up but how do you, as a business, um, negate against uh, reputational loss? You know, controlling the amount, and and I think that's probably a question of having some sort of social media policy in place for your 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 workers. Um, you know, you can, I'm not I'm I'm the last one to 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 sort of try to, to block free speech, as it were. But you know, as a business, you uh, those those people work for you, and they have a, a duty of care to all their other. And, Fellow employees, not to reputationally damage the the business, but you know when mm. people start putting stuff on Facebook and uh, you know it just gets round and round and round and round, doesn't it? And uh, you know then that that was interesting. I never kind of thought about it from that perspective before. Um, mm. I, think, know, I think I
0: uh, think ultimately an operator's got to focus on being able to control the controllables, haven't they? Yes, To, to, an, to an extent, to an extent, once an incident occurs with one of their liveried vehicles um there's a lot of stuff that can go out of their control straight away for example members of the public taking photos and um and and, and putting things out there so that is something that needs a contingency plan what happens if they have an absolute pr disaster how are they going to button down the hatches and pretend it hasn't occurred or do they try and control how do they try and control the narrative um you know if there's potentially and obviously the bigger the business the the more potentially damaging that that incident could be you know, a really, really good example. A really good example was, uh, an operator who is relatively local to the flagship business, um, had an agency driver who was stopped, well, had, a, had a check and drug and alcohol test carried out whilst he was, uh, like parked up in a lay by, um in a liveried vehicle and failed the drug test yeah um and the police took a photo of that vehicle and posted it on their twitter and actually oh, yeah. the company weren't even aware they weren't aware. even aware they'd not been made aware that this until they see it plastered over social
1: media. until
0: until it was plastered all over social media
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: which is you know it didn't say the company and this is the tricky thing, right? It didn't say the company name. Because the police will go, Well, it's anonymous. It doesn't say the company name. Yeah, yeah. But if but the company has yeah, if a company has clearly defined colours, for example, yeah. you know, this yeah. company had a couple of colored stripes, which were two different colours, very, very noticeable yeah. for anyone who recognised that regional based business. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, people are sharing that, they're retweeting it, it's going on to Facebook. Look yeah. at look at this company's driver, bloody you know, on drugs, behind the wheel. Absolutely, know, it's just blown up for them. You know, how how do they respond to that? You know, what what is it they do from a from a starting point of have they got everything they need in place for all the checks that have kept be carried out for that driver? Have they got a rogue driver and can they demonstrate they've got a rogue driver and they've controlled the controllables from as much uh, as they can. Yeah. yeah as much as they possibly can? But also, how are they going to manage uh, that situation with? Um, uh, with a, from a PR from a public relations point of view, yeah. and, you
1: know,
0: when it uh, when it hits, yeah,
1: perfect. we of course would be delighted to help any companies put together a contingency plan. Um, you know, without mm. you know, we always try not to plug too much, don't we, on these things? But we of yes. course, uh, but but then again, our, our mantra would be prevention is always better than the cure. So, um, you know, if we, we we don't want operators to ever be in that position, but um, yeah, I think we've we've kind of. Um, built up a little bit of uh knowledge in this area and i think that's something we could definitely do going forward so but d- let, hey that's a bit depressing let's start uh, let, you know there's two, two the moral of the story is don't you know know when it's time to give up playing football i think you've probably learned that this week <laughs> and and as operators um yeah you know you, you think about this this fuel this uh is, issue with the with the with a with a, uh, fuel and over the winter, not the fuel, the power over the winter, and uh, how would you cope with that? And think also about what would you do if the worst was to happen—a bridge strike, a road traffic collision, uh, and the rest of it. Because it come having experienced many of these items over the years, it comes at you thick and fast, um, mm. and it always comes at you at the least you know time. where, you, where you, normally happens at the most inconvenient time, you know. Uh Absolutely. Friday afternoon, you're just about to go home, you're just about to switch the comp- put the cat out, switch the computers off yes. Just as you're about to go on
0: holiday for two weeks. Yeah, boom. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Always comes at yeah. the worst time. And so we my... Hope you've enjoyed that one, folks.
0: Absolutely. As a final thought, I'm gonna give you my six P's, Pete six P's. Well, seven P's if you include Pete. So that's Pete, seven P's. On, Pete then. proper planning prevents piss poor performance.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a known adage, that one. It's a well known <laughs> one, that one. I <laughs> Love that. Right, Mike, see you on the next one. See you on Everyone the next listening? One, yeah, yeah, good to see you. Take care. Bye bye.
0: Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking, and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.